this morning as we are here for Memorial Day, many people have this concept of what Memorial Day really is. And I have a unique perspective of Memorial Day since I served and I continue to serve as a chaplain in the Army. And um, for many people, this is the national barbecue holiday, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, I promise you that. And, and, and we take an opportunity to also take a day off of work and maybe even go on a family vacation. But I don't want to miss the opportunity. I don't want to get too far away from the original intention of what this holiday is all about. Because this great nation has its young people, young men and women, to sign on the dotted line and commit their, commit themselves to serving and protecting this country from all foreign and domestic threats. And one day, this country called them to make good on that commitment. And they willingly laid down their lives to protect our freedom. And so for us here today, it's so important not to allow their memories to fade off into the night, but instead, their memories should burn inside of our collective hearts and our minds so that you and I can not just honor them with our words and, and, and gestures, but instead you and I can understand what the cost is to our freedom. And I want to tell you that our freedom comes at a great price because freedom Freedom came because a young man and a young woman decided that, that it was worth almost an impossible promise and a, an impossible uh, unlimited potential of their lives to put their lives on the line so that we could protect something that we so freely experience. And so you and I today, instead of, instead of just remembering them and honoring them in this moment, we should consider this, that we should stand, you and I, for, for freedom to honor their memories. We should stand for a flag, and we should stand for what it re represents. We should stand because our great country's motto is e pluribus unum, meaning out of many, one. That means that we can stand as a as a country undivided under God, enjoying the freedoms and the liberties that you and I can hold so close to our hearts. And more than that, that our nation can return to a place that is like a beacon of hope, a city on a shining hill that you and I can model for the rest of the world and at least for the rest of our nation what it really means to be right and good and virtuous. You and I have this opportunity to really honor the memory of all those that serve. And there are those that serve here in this church right now. And although they didn't lay their life down and give it for our freedom, they still served and they are our living heroes. 
And I think it's important that we honor them today. So if you have served in the armed forces at any point in your life, would you stand up so that this church can thank you like it needs to right now? Would you stand up all over this place? We want to say thank you to each and every one of these heroes for your commitment, your willingness to lay down your life. You know, as, as we talk about paying honor and respect to, to people that have served, that have lived out the, their calling for you and I, it, it reminds me of a passage of scripture that we find in Hebrews chapter 11 that reads like a memorial to people that did lay down their life that so willingly gave up their life so that you and I could have that model of astounding faith. An astounding faith that, that we could look to and understand and take something away from it, that we can live faithfully to the Lord no matter the cost, no matter the consequences. As we read this passage of Scripture from uh, Hebrews chapter 11, starting in verse 32, I want to invite you to look at that peculiar and astounding faith that each one of these men and women served with. How much more do I need to say, says the author of Hebrews? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith in Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouth of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tor uh, tortured refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and others' backs were cut open with a whip. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves, and living in holes in the ground. Wow. It kind of makes you feel bad for complaining <laughs> about anything that we go through today as Christians, doesn't it? Because there are people out there that have a radical, astounding kind of faith. This faith is an is incredible, and this list of people, men and women, is incredible when we start to really understand and take it in. And as a matter of fact, it's so incredible that we don't really even have the time this morning to dig into each one of the stories that we see here that, that are listed. But I want us to pay particular attention to the type of faith that is demonstrated in this, because each one of these people possess the same kind of faith that was necessary to be pleasing unto God. You see, faith is noticed here by God. See, there, there were those that had a, 
A great kind of faith, this faith enabled them to escape death by the sword, which is amazing. And many people have that kind of prayer request, Lord, help me get out of this situation. But the same kind of faith led other people into death by that same sword. Then we read and we find that women receive their loved ones back again, resurrected to them. Can you imagine praying that God would raise your loved one up from the dead and it happened? That would be amazing. But the same kind of faith that raised that loved one back from the dead is the same kind of faith that led others into torture and died because of the torture. And so we're here dealing with this kind of faith. And when we read about scriptures in the word of God that, that, that tell us that with a faith the size of a mustard seed, we can pray and, and cast mountains into the sea and it'll happen. Or we can call on the name of Jesus and, and miracles would occur. Or, or we, can, we can pray a prayer of faith and see somebody that was sick healed. And we have those promises in the name of Jesus because of the faith that you and I possess in him. But then we read about people that possessed astounding faith that encountered incredible, prom, uh, inc incredible circumstances and, and met an end to their life because they were unwilling to give up that faith. And so as we read, we, we kind of get this mixed signal about what faith is all about. On the one hand, faith is supposed to cause God's promises to manifest themselves right here and now. But on the other hand, faith is something that we're supposed to hold on to regardless of what happens in our lives. And so how are we to understand this? What are we supposed to do with this? See, because in a crowd this size, I, I have to believe that, that many of you are here this morning and you have something that you need from God. As, as a matter of fact, if you are here this morning and you need something of the Lord, I want you just to raise your hand. You're actively asking the Lord to do something in your life. Go ahead, slip them up. Slip them up. Okay, look around just for a moment. Look at the hands raised. These are people that are actively asking the Lord to do something in their life. And the truth is, is that we're a needy people because the Lord is moving in our hearts and our lives and we have been faithful just like the Word of God says. We had faith in Him and the Bible teaches us that we can come boldly into the throne room of God and make our requests known and that He will be faithful to us. Amen? And, and more than that, that we can come to Him as little children to our daddy God, and we can ask whatever we need of him, and he'll do it because he's a, a loving father. It says, cast your cares upon him because what? He cares for us. Yet, in spite of all that caring, in spite of us doing exactly what the word of God has told us to do, in spite of, of praying and praying and praying and knocking and knocking and knocking and seeking and seeking and seeking, many of us don't have the miracle that we're looking for. Many of us are still standing looking at the promise that God has for our lives, but we still don't have a hold of it yet.
What are we supposed to do with that? Last week, we had an amazing time at the altar time. Last week, the Holy Spirit manifested himself in a powerful way down here. As a matter of fact, I received testimony after testimony from last week. Matter of fact, if, if God touched you last week, would you just raise your hand right now? God did something in your life. Wow. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I, I received reports. There was at least one person that was baptized with the Holy Spirit for the very first time with an initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I had people tell me that they, their bodies were healed. I, I, I had... Uh, 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 people tell me that their marriage was on the verge of collapse, but whenever they came down, the Lord did a miracle in their life, and they've decided to stay together. Right here in this church. You see, folks, we are a needy people. But praise God, because <laughs> he can provide he can do miracles in our body. He can do miracles in our church. He can do miracles in our life because of our faith that we, have, that we place in him. But even though we encounter the Holy Spirit, even though we saw so many wonderful things in God's presence, there's still people in this church that came down and prayed and hoped and had faith and expected and are still looking for their miracles. You might have even said this. You might have even said that you're going to pray for the one thing that you know is exactly in the will of God. That's for somebody else in your family to be saved. You've been praying and praying and fasting and asking the Lord, but you haven't seen any turn in their life. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13 shows us something about these great people of faith. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. Watch this next line, family. They did not receive what was pro promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they call their, uh, their own. If they had longed for a country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly home. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Somebody say amen to that. You see, we have a promise, a great hope in Christ Jesus that he said, I go to prepare a place for you, but I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, you may be also. How many of you know that God is preparing a place for us and that one day you and I will see him face to face and everything that he's ever promised, he's going to make good on. Amen. That is the kind of hope that you and I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But then, just because it's promised to us in the future doesn't mean that we stop praying, that we stop seeking, that we stop looking for what God has for us. Because faith tells us that although we don't have it yet, we keep on pushing, keep on 
expecting something. Perhaps you didn't know this, but today is the Feast of Pentecost and, uh, for, for the Jewish people. And on the day of Pentecost, we find out in our, our word, in Acts chapter 2, that 120 were gathered in the up, upper room. And they were one, one accord, and they were all worshiping God. And then suddenly, like a violent wind, the Holy Spirit came in and manifested himself as dancing tongues of fire over their head, and they each were able to speak in an unknown language that was only known to the people out on the streets. They never learned it. And all at once, God's word, his gospel, his good news was being preached all over the world. But something more than just evangelism happened that day. That is the day that the church began. Because the Spirit of God manifested himself in such a way that we realized that we had the opportunity and access for power from the Lord. And that God would, would do something in our lives and he would manifest himself in our lives where he would meet our needs. That he would really reach down and touch people that had faith in him. And you and I can cling, home, uh, cling to that promise. We can cling to the promise because of scriptures like James chapter five tells us that when we are sick, we can go to the elders of the church and have them anoint our head with oil and pray a prayer of faith, faith, and know that we can be healed. It's an amazing kind of faith. It's an astounding kind of faith that although we don't have it, we concentrate on the promises that God has given to us. And we never let go. We never let go. Why? Because of writer like the author of Hebrews, that encourages us in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 12, he tells us something very important. So important, family. For those of you that are continuing to pray, continuing to seek, continuing to ask, he says this. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall, but become strong. Would you stand with me all over this place? You see Christ's legacy? As we seek, as we knock, the Lord is going to open that door. And maybe it's this moment. Maybe it's this moment that we can walk in and by faith ask, believing that the Lord is going to do something to change your situation. If you're sick, if you're praying for a lost loved one, 
If there's a situation that you need clarity on or you need God's favor, God is still a God that cares about you, that wants to provide a miracle for you, and wants to reach down in your life and in your heart and touch you right where you are. And if you really want that, and if you really believe that he can, I believe that you and I need to find ourselves down at the altar this morning and ask again, and believe again and hold on to the promises again and the Lord will do it. He will. So would you begin to step out so that we can spend some time with the Lord this morning? Step out from wherever you are and come down to the altar so that we can pray and see God perform a miracle in our hearts, in our lives. Come on down to the altar, folks. Let's pray. Let's spend some time with the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, for all that you do in our hearts and our lives, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you because you are faithful. We thank you, Lord, not just for the for allowing us to be faithful, but Lord, you have made our faith possible. Lord, you are faithful, Lord to do exceedingly more abundantly, more than any of us could ever imagine or think. Lord, your promises are sure. They're forever settled in heaven. And Lord, we know God that even now you're working on our behalf, Lord, moving ahead of us, not held by the by the hand of time, but Lord, you're already in our tomorrow. Lord, working out everything that we've needed. Lord, before we even knew that we needed to ask for it. Lord, forgive us for ever doubting, forgive us for worrying, and forgive us, Lord, for trying to work things out on our own. For Lord Jesus, you know exactly what we need. So Lord, by faith, we will live each day thanking you and praising you and understanding, Lord Jesus, that regardless, regardless of the condition that we find ourselves in, our hearts will be filled with praise and gratitude because we know, God, that we're not here alone, but you're with us every step, every tear, every night that we call out to you, you know exactly where we are and what we need. Jesus, we cling to you and we thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done and all that you are. Now this morning you're here today and we can't pass up an opportunity, right? Not only to call out for our needs, but call out the needs of this great nation. How many of you know that, that we have a needy nation right now? And we need to pray that God reaches and touches people's hearts and lives and leadership, that, that, that in, in one moment, maybe, maybe in one moment, the Lord can allow revival to take place all across this land that Christ's legacy could be a beacon of hope, that, that, that revival could start right here in this congregation.
as we pray and we're faithful and, and we hold on to the promises and, and we believe, maybe, just maybe, the Lord would do it here first. Would you stand all with me and let's join together in prayer for our country. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to live in the greatest country on the face of this earth. Lord, you blessed us with it. And although, Lord, we haven't always lived up to the ideals that, that we all share, Lord Jesus, it's the fact that we have ideals that were founded in you. Because you are the one that came to set the captive free, and Lord, it's freedom that we all love and appreciate. Freedom to worship you. Freedom, freedom, Lord, to call out on you. Father, I pray, God, that you would touch each and every lawmaker, Lord, that you would touch each and every leader, every judge, Lord, and grip their heart and draw them to you, Lord Jesus, so that it would make a difference in the directionality of our country. Lord, that you would call this nation to a time of repentance. Lord, that our hearts would be filled with grief for what we've done and from where we've fallen. And Lord, that we would humble ourselves, Lord, in front of you, a merciful God, and that, Lord, you would pour out your spirit on your people. Lord, and that would take place here at Christ's legacy, that we would begin to seek your face. And the Bible says, your word tells us, Lord, that when we seek your face, we'll find it when we seek it with our whole heart. Lord, let this nation, let every church, let's, let every believer seek you with their whole heart so that this nation could experience a revival that it's never seen before. Lord, you can do things in a new way. And we cling, Lord, to that promise for this nation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.